guys, welcome to the freshest early morning breakfast show. This is Turtle Boy and Marty Bird. Today we're going to tell you about the five best ways to wake up in the morning. Oh, apart from listening to the show, of Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Mind Massage with Manju. I know, nice name. I'm sitting here with clinical hypnotherapist Manju Nath Naidu. Uh, just a little summary, he's been doing this for over 15 years. He's treated over 500 clients and analyzed over 4,000 clients. That's a lot of people. So what's going to happen is we're going to keep it really short. Stick to questions that may you may have thought of, debated over with your friends, even read online on say psychology 101 and Manju's going to give his insight and his uh, technical know-how his jibber jabber and um it's not necessarily absolute a fact but it's definitely a great pivot of conversation and you know insight that you wouldn't be able to get from many people Manju, uh, Manju not I'm saying Manju do you want to say anything before I ask you the first question anything else uh, the, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to kill the debate over here mm. Because in my mind, I'm very clear. What I'm saying is what I truly, truly believe, and it works for me. Whereas someone comes and if they want, and it's very easy to argue, right? They'll The first thing yeah. that comes to their mind, they'll just jump in and say that, hey, then what about this? What about that? Whoa, 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 wait a second. These are my experiences, mm. and these are very real to me. Mm. Again, take it. If it makes sense, hold on to it, and see if it could make your life any better. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, um, this topic is more related to uh, men-women relationships, sort of, because it's a popular theme in movies, uh, perhaps in your own life or, uh, you know, a person's experiences. Why do women like bad boys? Why do they, I wouldn't say turned on, maybe that's to be concise, but, you know, tattoos are appealing, a bike, a leather jacket, I don't know, all of that stuff is giving off those bad boy vibes. Why do women like bad boys? Now, let me try as hard as possible to keep this answer as short as possible. Okay. Uh, see, we as a human being have evolved intellectually, but we still react to a lot of things that we love, like, and possibly interested in very instinctually. And instinct uh, comes from the part where it's, it's based on our DNA. So, for example, if you need to understand a human being, all you have to do is see how do they react when, uh, when they are being in front of food, money, and sex. Okay. Because that's when your intellect kind of takes a backseat and your instinct kind of kicks in. So when you see a food, why do you get easily addicted to it? When you see money and you say that, okay, if you have like five million bucks and if I say give me one million, you would see how you would react. Can you generously give it away or you would have issues and stuff like that? So what do bad boys... Wait, you didn't talk about sex. <clears throat> uh, Is it the type of sex you want? Is it the type of partner you desire no, but, physically? For, for example, if you are with someone and if you see someone very attractive, mm -hmm. what happens to you? Can you control not looking mm -hmm. at them or you do look at them and say, wow. Okay, I got it. Yeah, that instinctual feeling. Mm. So talking about bad boys, what does it represent in the first place? 
we have to go all the way back to the caveman point of view and see that the strongest and the most capable one is the breadwinner in 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 when when you see um from a cave woman point of view so till today when we choose a partner our instinct really gets attracted to someone who's really tough rugged and so called quote unquote bad boy which means he'll protect me like if there's something's going to happen he'll be the first one to go and punch rather than today the intellectual thing to do is to find someone who's stable smart and who has a very strong sense of rational thinking but again where what we get attracted to is can he protect me mm. so that is why it is very appealing because it's based on instinctual rather than rational did you just say that right now in this day and age stability and um, stability is more attractive it should be it's the most rational thing okay. that you got to look after to mm. or look towards to rather than i mean you're safe man i mean there's police there's laws there's things who's going to hurt you why do you need someone to protect you unless you are in a very uh, dangerous situation all the time but so it's it's not even that they're attracted to the leather jacket the muscles the bike it's the thought of being protected these are the evolution of how you're perceiving today it's a leather jacket before it was an animal fur yeah so animal fur has evolved into leather jackets hmm. and uh, maybe a stone wheel has evolved into a motorbike Hmm. But you see it is just an evolution it just looks more flashier nicer and smells better hmm. but it's nothing but an evolution of what those men used to carry to to show dominance it's hmm. the gorilla effect do you see that you know a gorilla the strongest gorilla takes the female gorilla and walks away hmm. okay that's like from the most basic primate level i guess yeah. if a woman now say i'm with a lady and i'm trying to court her i'm trying to be as nice as possible um and then she see this dude comes and drifts on a bike right in front of us she's probably going to stop paying attention to me you know so if she gets together with the guy in and you can take that in whatever context you want they have a relationship uh, they you know uh, have sex it doesn't matter does that feeling end or does she just ride that wave what happens is there multiple things involved or how does it go depends on her intellectual level because it's all about do you see since you're born till you die you're constantly having a battle between your heart and your mind the instinct and the rational mm-hmm. so instinctually you want someone who is rough and tough and who can protect you and everything but if you s- sit back and think um, take a moment to think and see that is this good for a long run then you would probably not make a choice what would you say I've uh, the only reason why I don't have an opinion in this is cuz I've never right. experienced it. I can make something up but then that's not applicable cuz right. that's just not me. I right. wish if someone has an opinion on this please comment. I guess I would love to know the evolution of a woman who gets with her bad boy cuz I've heard women say that now I don't know whether they they acted on it or not but you know I don't know the next story. So. Most of the time it dies immediately. Immediately so or is, it takes you, time. It depends on again person to person. Exactly cuz But We, 80% of the time it dies. So does this end when you talk to the guy or when she spends time with the guy or when she has sex with the guy? Is there any difference? 
it's not about difference it's about individual again mm. some women might talk to the person i mean she might find him very attractive visually and then have a word or two and then go like ah oh, that's off putting yeah and some women might even go beyond as like oh my god he's so attractive and whatever comes out of his mouth is super funny mm. uh hang out with him for an hour or two go on a date and seeing his behavior might put her off and some women would take it all the way towards till the bed mm and i was like you know that was good i might do it couple of times more but then afterwards what mm. i can't carry a conversation with him after the sex yeah so once your instinctual needs are fulfilled that's when your intellect takes over it starts asking questions and if you don't have a valid answer for your brain the questions that your brain is giving you are going to lose interest your brain is going to say cut it cut it cut it cut it mm. you're not evolving you you said intellectual level hmm. is there anything that is um, like a, a standard levels of intellectual you know stages or is it just something that is more dynamic respectively it's more, it's more dynamic i mean how much you what have you gone through yeah uh, how much of life have you experienced okay and what do you know about yourself for me personally inter- your intellect how do you say it um your intellect is very much based on how much do you know about yourself hmm. are you depending on external forces to tell you who you are like for a classic example would be those facebook tests that you get yeah. like Which tell me Disney six person yeah, yeah am i tell me six great strengths of me and you go like oh wow i never knew that how stupid are you <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously yeah. you live with yourself yeah okay you are the only person that you know the longest mm. so you should have a fair share idea about what you like and what you don't like so the far, the 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 far away you are from that um understanding about yourself your intellect is going to uh, reflect on that I love the, that you said that how does one know what they are like I know you know yourself but I think this is a an issue that a lot of people probably have and probably don't know they have who am I is too broad and that's not something that can be answered and n- a number of people wouldn't accept your answer because they're like you don't know me but how would one how would you know how much you know about yourself The first test that I tell people most of the time is <clears throat> try to figure out how much of a hypocritical life do you live day to day. Okay. For example, if you are giving advice to someone don't do that that's wrong, do you practice what you preach? So once you start breaking down that a hypocritical life like you say things to others but you don't follow it, that shows that you are not in control of yourself. So for example I tell you that hey Rishti don't smoke it's bad for health and then I keep smoking then the question is why am I controlling you mm-hmm. what why am I even doing this mm-hmm. am I setting a good set of role model so then the question is why am I smoking mm-hmm. Wh- what am I trying to hide from because see smoking uh drinking and uh even eating unhealthy that's like let's say it's like poison and you know that doing that no one is getting any healthier right and the brain is designed in such a way that it wants to keep you in the best health possible so that you can survive because that's what brain does right mm. survival 
but you know it is a poison and yet you go and you do that, then obviously something is hurting you where you say that, you know what, that pain is bigger than the pain that I'm planning to put in my mouth. Hmm. So let me have it. And that's how you start breaking down each and everything. Why am I doing this? And once you start breaking down, you will understand yourself more and more and more. I'm sure uh, many people have at least two or three things that they hate about themselves. Yeah? And if I ask you, what do you hate about yourself? Uh, not a disciplined worker. There you go. So then you will ask yourself, what is motivating me to do that? See, every single action, even if you want to be fat, you have to maintain it. You have to go to McDonald's. You have to spend money. You have to like, there is a lifestyle that you have to maintain mm. to be fat. It's not easy being fat, right? No, <laughs> it's I, not, I, it's yeah. pleasurable. Yeah. There's a lot of pleasure involved in yeah. it. But if you don't have enough money, you can't be fat. If you're super poor and you can't afford McDonald's, if you can't afford farmer, butter. A farmer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So every, but no farmer wants to be fat like that. I like, understand. <laughs> every action that you are doing, whether good or bad, takes an effort. Hmm. It's a maintenance. Yeah, some doesn't feel like an effort and some feels like an effort. Hmm. For example, imagine a, a hyperactive person. You tell them, no, just sit and chill. And that person needs to wake up in the morning and start running a triathlon and needs to do like fitness first and this and that. Or else they'll go crazy. For us, that looks like, oh, that's a lot of effort. For them, chilling is an effort. Hmm. So... What I'm trying to say is everything is an effort. So if you say that, ah, uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? What was your problem? Um, I, I'm not a disciplined worker. So if you are not a disciplined worker, trust me, if I give you a notepad and a pen and you can write down, how hard are you working to maintain not being a disciplined worker? Oh, that's a bit, I'll run out of paper. Dude. <laughs> so uh, then you'll be like, why am I working so hard to maintain something that's so unhealthy? Mm. Yeah, understand one thing, you have to maintain. Mm. To maintain, there is a certain amount of effort that you're putting. Mm. Once that makes sense, it's like how stupid you are that you're constantly putting a lot of effort, maintaining something that's unhealthy, mm -hmm. then you start breaking it down. Mm. There's always why. Why am I doing this? What is motivating me to do this? Mm. Once you understand that, and you'll get there. You'll get there. All you need is a little bit of patience, and you get there and sometimes even not talk to your friends. Yeah. They have a better insight about you than yourself. Mm. Grab those informations and understand. Mm. Fair. Was that a long-winded answer? No, uh, it, it, you stuck to the point, so it makes sense. And I don't want to ask about how do I get there because I think um, starting out with the list and being patient about it is... The minute, the, this is the, the, the most interesting thing that I found about brain. The minute it makes sense to your brain, you will stop your brain starts rebooting automatically. It's like, that's bullshit and I don't want to do it anymore. Hmm. And you, you, you don't feel interest toward that anymore. Hmm. There's something that happens to your body. Hmm. But one needs to experience it to, to understand like what I'm saying. It's like near-death experiences. Yeah. People suddenly become more fit. You get a heart attack and you start jogging in the morning. I'm not directly related, but yeah, that's the... That's the general, uh, you know, even a breakup, even a breakup, you suddenly see where you are wasting time or money. It is, does that, if that doesn't make sense, you can just stop me. You can. No, it does. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, n coming back to the first question, which is, 
women liking bad boys i could not pick an example what is the opposite for men what do you mean by what is opposite so uh, and this might just be the media or just things we are hit with immediately it's girls like bad boys right what do guys like bitches not exactly no, that's what the book also say why do men marry bitches okay so let's put, when let you see a kim kardashian yeah all right when you were a 16 or 17 or, or, or i still like him <laughs> there you go you find her attractive yeah but that's okay yeah okay right yeah but there you go but that's not why do i why do i find her attractive again uh <clears throat> if if we are bitches what do they mean Let, let's put it that when okay. a bad boys and bitches oh my god why am i even using that word <laughs> uh let's say hot and sexy okay hot and sexy you know that that doesn't give that ring i think bitches gives yeah, that it does more character boy, to more the character yeah to it. it it just shows that uh for example when the caveman would would walk out of his cave and go for hunting he needs a very strong woman who can be commanding to the child okay the, the children would like okay one one strong figure has gone out but you can't mess with this strong figure you have to listen to her and she is the authority in in that in the cave mm. for example uh, so that that strength that power that that confidence has evolved to quote unquote nasty word called bitch mm. if i have to break down bitch it's super confidence super confidence on knowing what i want and very precisely saying this is how it is and that's it and mm. that uh that gets translated into a man's brain saying that i can leave the house with confidence that she'll take care of the house she mm. wouldn't call me up and say hey uh that the the toaster isn't working what do i have to do oh why can't i change the channel in the remote and you know those kind of stuff yeah that's already slightly irritating me <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fair so to sum it up what from all what we've discussed what i want to say is like today men or women we are trying to find a partner based on our instinct which is either i want a bad boy or i get attracted to a bad boy or i get attracted to a bitch Th- now if you are going to find a partner based on your instinct because that's what is attractive to you yes it's fine have fun but 50 60 even possibly 70% of the time it's not going to end well because you are choosing a partner based on instinct where the world has evolved into where most of the things are being done using your intellect all right so <clears throat> men and women once again and uh, that's the topic at least that's the universe we're in it's about cheaters someone who's cheating on their partner I'm not sure if it's gender biased the question but you you'll correct me if I'm wrong but why does a person cheat on their partner why do they need to cheat on their partner let's say you're in an average in fact average uh, above average relationship you're happy um you're treating her well she's treating you well physically mentally everything is stimulated but yet a person cheats on their spouse what is the process in your brain like what's happening oh man 
<laughs> that's it's a very intense question. Mm. Let's keep it as simple and basic as possible. We'll rise to more complicated and more different. This is a complicated question. Okay. All right. Anyway, let, let's let's give. This let's a try. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you see again. Why are we in a relationship when somewhere this 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 goes back to the first question? What what one needs to ask is like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Okay, now we all know somewhere deep down inside, are we ready for a relationship? We always have even a teeny weeny idea inside us that are we ready for a relationship? And what are the three most important basic requirement to be in a relationship uh being faithful being responsible and it's a team partnership it's partnership right so it's not like oh one per it's, it's like a leg that's the kind of example i give it's a leg if you are trying to do everything all by yourself that's like running a race by hopping mm. all right so that's one needs to get it right so Whenever someone asks me that, oh, uh, how do we understand this is the right, for example, women come and ask me that, how do I know this is the right guy? You have to ask yourself a question. Do you want to date a boy or a man? A boy thinks for himself. A man thinks for us. Right? So, whenever you date a boy instead of a man and a girl instead of a woman, then you're going to hop in that relationship. You guys are not going to run. Forget even about walking. You guys are just going to hop. A boy or a girl is completely dominated by her instinct. Right? Uh, a boy or a girl doesn't want to be alone. So they get into a relationship. So what they're doing is they're not in love with the partner, but they're trying to fill that void called as loneliness. I don't want to be alone. If I'm going to a party, if I'm going to a prom, if I'm going to the uh, to the pub, I don't want to be the single person. I want to hold hands. I want to do blah, blah, blah. Is that what you want a relationship for? Then that's a red signal in the beginning itself. So what happens when you have, when you're dating someone who's dominated by instinct not by intellect then and also other the the other part of their intellect sorry their instinct wants to upgrade so when whenever they see something better it's like a car right you're driving a car but you see another better car it's like oh i want that some of them are not able to control so they go and fulfill their upgrade without without uh paying the price of loneliness because cheating doesn't make sense. You can sit and try to break it down as much as you want. Cheating will never make sense. If you like someone else, that's understandable. Why don't you say to the person that, hey, we're done. Let me go open a new account. Mm. Why do you have an existing account and you're opening another account? Mm. There must be something really wrong. Mm. So to make it as simple as possible... You are with this person not because you love that person, because you're afraid to be lonely. Hmm. So you don't want to feel lonely, but at the same time, you want to have as much fun as possible. Because to find the right person, you need to be patient and you need to shop at the right place. Hmm. And when you're alone, 
every single day feels like a year. Hmm. And you don't want to do that. You want to shop while your stomach is full. Hmm. And that's what people are doing. And that's what, as short as I could make that answer. Uh, I I hate to bring gender into it, but there is there a difference between a man and a woman? Same. When they so psychology one hundred one, <laughs> or a layman, what you can read online and things like that. What the it, they've broken it down, not broken it down, but it's like a man will cheat. Now again, like we discussed, nothing is absolute. This is something read off the internet multiple times, so it's a theory that's popular. A man would cheat because. his his genes instinctually caveman instinct all of that stuff he wants to spread his seed so that's what a man does again last time i'm going to say it it's not right or wrong it's just what people say and also a woman if she cheats on her man it is literally to hurt her partner um emotionally obviously physically and you know in just destroy the partner whereas the man it's almost sounds like an excuse but it's still pretty bad where i just want to spread my seed is do you have have you ever heard of that your opinion on that if you haven't yeah that goes back to uh, i i can't say i 100% agree on that mm. but working with so many people what i've seen is that people have evolved nobody wants to spread their seed anymore half of them half of their seed is dried out <laughs> so yeah. no, it's it's not that anymore to to an extent that people would claim to but it ha- the problem has evolved into this like every single person especially we are living in a dna age where there's facebook there's instagram and every single human being's sole purpose is to make you feel that your life sucks my life is fantastic so f- you mm. that's what's happening mm. so everyone is working really hard to make the other person feel lonely and worthless mm. So in this case the fear of loneliness has spiked up. Mm. I mean we are living I- in a society where it has the fear of loneliness hasn't been this high as much as it is today. So when you're battling with fear of loneliness and and uh I I I respect people's opinion but uh, I personally will never take the fear of loneliness lightly. Mm. It makes you think and it makes your brain go to places that you would not you wouldn't even imagine are there any popular places it goes to uh, eat and drink <laughs> uh mostly mm. that's it i i i'm not going to evolve anymore i'm going to die alone it's mostly dying alone what if at this point of time i die who will take care of me the the deep sense of abandonment deep sense of abandonment yeah that's heavy yeah yeah so these kind of feelings do come in and that's where people are so terrified and they asap want to get into a relationship and they stick to it but then again when you might you might have heard the 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 phrase where you say never shop when you're hungry yeah yeah you end yeah. up ordering more just, right yeah you just pick up too many things uh, most things you don't need etc etc so take a moment and think when you are choosing a partner because you're in pain of being alone would you be in the right frame of mind to choose the right guy or girl man or woman mm. i'm asking oh uh, no uh, yeah it's shopping when i'm hungry that's, yeah that's it's super it's difficult it, so what yeah. you're going to do is you're going to like it's like there's food mm. and i'm telling you you know what here's a donut 
I know you're super hungry. Here's a donut. But if you wait for about an hour, I'll give you salad. Mm. You will eat that donut. Yeah, you sure. don't give a f- about it. Yeah. And you could be diabetic. Mm. You'll still eat that donut mm. because hunger is painful. Yeah. Same theory goes to when you're feeling lonely. It's mm. painful. And you're seeking a human being to, to fill that hunger. Mm. So 80% of the time, you end up with the wrong person. Mm. And you realize it once your stomach is full. It's like eating that donut. It's like, oh, man, I shouldn't I have should eaten that, that donut, donut, dude. I feel sick. Yeah. That's the same dialogue that goes into your consciousness. Oh, man, I shouldn't have dated this person. Ah, I feel sick. And then the salad comes. And then you're like, oh, the lettuce looks nice. Mm. Crunchy. Yeah. And you start moving towards it. Mm. But that's what you actually wanted. But then again, you're so dominated by the fear of loneliness, you do not build the courage to go and tell the person that, hey, I'm sorry, it was a wrong choice. Adios. Hmm. No, you don't want to do that. Now, let's say I'm someone who's struck with uh, loneliness and um, deep inset of the fear of aban- abandonment. How do, what do I do? Because just like you said, don't just go shopping when you're hungry. So what do I do? Literally, don't tell me get a snack. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do I do to sort of nullify that, or at least be in a decent enough place where I choose a partner that's reason I can work with reasonably? I'm uh, uh, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to find the perfect partner, especially when I'm in such a place mentally or emotionally. But how do I strive to become a better state to get a decent partner? You said it jokingly, but it is true. <laughs> there we go. No, get get a snack would be what you would advise someone who's super hungry, right? It's like, don't gorge yourself. Just get a snack. Get so a couple you, of almonds or something. Yeah, so that you are in a, you, you are in a frame of mind where you, you, you would not consume that entire donut. Mm. You are able to wait for your salad. Mm. So the same way, first thing first, what I would say is, is like, do not be carried away by people's by people when they bombard you with messages like oh girl you still don't have a boyfriend oh man you're still single all these stimulation Hmm. you're reacting to people's reaction so you have no control over yourself this goes back to how much do you know about yourself Hmm. goes back to that Hmm. take baby steps if if this is the thing people are are very much fine when they're sitting at their home again if they're not watching a romantic movie in Netflix or The Notebook or something like that, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're doing something productive. Yeah. It is the external stimulation that makes you feel pathetic that, hey, if you are not in a relationship, you're a loser. Mm. And you're reacting to that. Mm. So your journey should be, and this, this, this is applicable to everything and every aspect of your life, stop reacting to people's reaction. Mm. Be in control of yourself. Don't be a puppet. For mm. someone's uh, reaction. So, f- in my experience, 70% of the time, the reason why you're feeling lonely is because people make you feel lonely. Mm. You're not feeling it. It is um, an aggravated emotion. Not aggravated. It's a stimulated emotion. Mm. Right? Uh, so, the, the first thing I would say is get in control of yourself. Mm. Why am I a puppet to people's opinion and reaction what is the answer to that every single person Mm. will have one story that's running in them Mm. 
their job is to play the Sherlock Holmes and find that answer. Hmm. Here's the thing. I, I, I might, what I'm saying might sound like, ah, that sounds easy. I don't think it's that easy. If you spend at least one week just asking, why am I doing it? What could be the possibility? Just these two questions, you would be surprised the places that your mind takes you. Because your brain is just waiting for you to ask that question in a quiet place. Not while you're checking your Facebook or Netflix is running on the TV. Mm. Shut down everything, half an hour, sit there and ask why. Mm. Your brain might not immediately answer, but give it a week. Mm. You would at least reach to somewhat of a conclusion that you can later check with one of your friend or someone whom you trust the most. Mm. And have a bouncing board and figure it out and you will figure out, huh, that doesn't make sense. And that makes sense. I should follow this. Hmm. And slowly, eventually, you will see that you would not react to other people's reaction. Hmm. Can you just recap again why someone would cheat on someone? In I know we, we talked about it a lot, but yeah. Nobody likes to be alone. So they're, sh- they're shopping when they're hungry. So when I say hunger, you are super lonely. And you are finding a partner who could solve that pain of loneliness. You're not seeing the long-term effect. You're not calculating. You're not being rational. You just want to fill that hunger. So once that is done, your mind is in a clear state of you finding that person that you actually want to be with. And that is why they cheat. And they, they're not willing to close the previous account because they're once again, they're super scared of being lonely. All right. Can I add something to that? Of course. They know that they've made a mistake. The moment they're with that partner and they find that someone whom they actually like, they realize they made a massive mistake. And now... When they build that courage and go and say that, hey, listen, I made a mistake. I found the right person and and uh, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. They're so scared of being the bad person. But they are. They are. Okay. But they don't want to accept it. Okay. So two things. They, want, they don't want to be lonely and they don't want to be the bad person. Hmm. And that makes them actually do something much more worse than something this small. Hmm. Something much more worse. What does that mean? Cheating. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like you're so afraid of death. Death is just a matter of seconds. Like I just need to take a hammer and hit you on the head and boom, you'll die. Yeah. But you're so scared of it. You're doing everything possible not to die. Hmm. And you're living a fearful life for the rest of your life till you die. You, you said uh, seed is drying. Mm. Why why is it drying? Because, I, I mean, I can just assume, but I have no fact or I haven't read anything. But yeah, why, what do you mean by seed is dying? Uh, I said it with, with some humor behind it. But if, if I have to answer that question... You have to. <laughs> um, Think back, we are in a society where we can easily abuse our body to whatever extent you want. You are getting super drunk, you're smoking, you you can drive wherever you want, 
you can be as lazy as possible everything is wo- voice command right now so mm. exercise walking <laughs> is rare <laughs> right yeah so you have vacuum cleaners that that can vacuum itself like you just need to put the timer and it moves out so when a human body which has been evolved for millions and millions of years only based on movements <laughs> and you're cutting it down so what happens is that you're sending a lot of signals to your brain and your body saying there's no point in procreating hmm. right that's the psychological side of it what is the point of procreating Mm. when there is no much more of physical involvement and the second part is whatever you eat it needs to be utilized and to be utilized take the uh, the body to absorb vitamins and minerals and whatever you need to move you can't just sit there and gorge an entire pizza thinking that everything is just going to go at the right place it mm. needs to be utilized or else most of the thing is going to get converted into shit and you're going to poop it out mm. so you're not nourishing your body and you're damaging it to the to to whatever level that you can have you seen the youngsters now how they look most of them look as if they're in their 40s and 50s yeah. why because nourishment the body is losing the ability to absorb the nourishment when that happens obviously the seed is not going to be that powerful as it was with your grandfather or your father hmm. okay i don't know if that answers the question but that's i, I, I believe it and yeah <laughs> yeah we can cut this out later but it's the whole talk about the food and the the way food is produced and all that stuff and I don't want to get into that no, right now to me yeah i i i accept all that yeah. the food production this that and all. let's keep all that side mm-hmm. are you moving hmm how much do you move because let let me i, I want to talk about this if i okay. if i may yeah? Yeah, yeah i still remember my grandmother telling me stories about the amount of about the amount of food that my father or my grandfather would consume yeah and they will digest it yeah all right now they used to attribute us saying oh the food was good F- no. <laughs> all right even buying a bicycle was a luxury yeah. people had to walk people had to move so your body there are people who can consume glasses and iron and digest it that's yeah. what your body is capable of you're telling me that a guy can digest glasses and and pieces of iron and he can't digest a, a, a an aubergine that has been unorganically grown that's bullshit to me you can give me the most organic and the most uh, g- gluten free air free water free whatever free food i'll just sit there like a fucking elephant and not move at all and consume it my body will not absorb my body has an intellect of its own it'll say you know what i don't need this because there's no point of me absorbing it because i'm going to be hyper and this fucker if if he becomes hyper he takes a couple of cigarettes or or he gets drunk so that he can calm the energy down so most of the time all we're doing is spike of energy drop of energy spike of energy drop of energy and we're going like this and thanks to video games your most of the sports are being played in video games esports so, yeah so your brain is your brain is literally thinking like how you would think on a football field yeah. the the only thing is just your two thumbs are moving yeah. so your brain is active and your body is so there is a massive disconnection between your brain and your body again you're eating just enough to nourish your brain but the rest of the body has shut down they're like i don't need it anymore mm-hmm.
uh, we're talking about re- I, I think a lot of things are revolving about relationships nothing wrong with that can i sorry if i'm <laughs> no no it's fine because we touched so much on relationships there's something that struck me very recently hmm. uh it's about the understanding between love and respect the understanding between love and respect yeah. okay let me tell you what i think about that for me love is more emotional dynamic spontaneous these are the words that i would think about with love uh, inexplainable uh, love is in the eye of the beholder so, so i might experience something extremely intense and extremely um something that someone wouldn't understand but respect is something that is built it's like a it's like a house with it has foundation there's history there's uh, lineage you know it takes a lot of Uh, depth and time you can't i mean you can get respect overnight but that's that respect would be paper thin whereas respect over 10 years uh, is something else that you know can't be it's a house so yeah you can <laughs> take over now i'm just so am i interviewing now no <laughs> i'm just saying i was just giving you a view and if any i i don't think people would disagree with me right, right, they'd either right, agree right. with me or they'd learn from what i said but then again this is just me i haven't yeah. read a book on it I haven't read an article and you know I'm not a therapist so I'd appreciate you. Oh, at the end of the day there's no point in being a therapist most of the pub- public is a common yeah. common man right? Yeah. So yeah your opinion matters. Okay. Uh bec- uh, why I wanted to talk about this topic was because we spoke about a relationship why one is cheating why one is not and all these things spreading the seed and uh, fear of loneliness and all to me what can kill all this right now you've been asking me a question saying that you know how does one fix this how does one fix that this is like uh, fixing the um, each and every fruit in the tree but how can we just pull the entire root off so that the entire tree dies this Yeah. How how can the entire tree the tree die? What you said was right. Love is something that cannot be explained. There's a reason why they say that I fell in love and you have to earn the respect. Right? Yeah. So in many relationships now you you may choose to uh disagree. In many relationships people are not in love they just respect the person mm-hmm. so in that case what happens when you respect res- respect can fluctuate mm-hmm. you do something wrong i'll get angry you do something right i'll respect you but when you're in love that that emotion is so strong that you want to constantly make it work no other person seems attractive you might appreciate saying yeah that person is a good looking guy or a good looking or or a beautiful girl you wouldn't go like ooh because the love is so strong that it your entire universe just revolves around this one person and this is something that has struck me recently so i haven't dealt with it as deep as i would like to but i personally feel that you have no control over whom you fall in love with and whom you f- fall out of love you have no control over it. it happens and it goes out and you have zero control over it whereas respect is something that you have 100% control now the problem 
what I see is that with most of our parents, we are mixing love and respect a lot. So sometimes we love our parents so much that uh, if they say something wrong, we're like, yeah, yeah, my parents, my father said it, it must be right. No, love him, but don't give him the respect because respect needs to be earned. And sometimes you respect your parents so much, but you feel guilty that you don't love them enough. You respect them for their intellect, but you don't have that emotion like, ah, for example, for me, when my father died, I just couldn't cry. I, I didn't feel anything towards him, but I respect him because he showed me so much love. If today I have any amount of self-worth, it's that's purely because what my father gave to me. But my mother was the opposite. She never hugged me. She never said, I love you. Rather than that, she always made me feel that if I uh, didn't get good grades, then I wasn't a good son. But uh, my mom died in 2012. And till today, if I talk about her, I have tears in my eyes. I just cannot get over her death. And I used to feel guilty. It's like my father deserves the love and my mother deserves the respect because whatever intellect I have, it's been from her. My father was stupid. All right. But he was all heart. Mm. My mother was all brain, but no heart. Mm. But I have no control over who I fell in love with. I love my mother. That's it. Now we can go back and say that, oh, uh, boys always love their mother. Uh, girls always love their yeah, father. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because that's what people are thinking right now. Yeah. Let's, for, for, for a minute, let's stop, think, let's stop taking psychology and start analyzing it in a very primitive way. We are, we have we've been evolved enough. We have internet, and we are in 2018. We, it is high time that we start seeing it way more than ABCDO psychology. And that's when um, you you try to understand that no, it doesn't matter. As a boy, I could show you many boys who are in love with their father, and who just respect their mother. Mm. And that's when I just want to break it down and say that for now, maybe in another podcast or in another uh, conversation, I could break this down more uh, based on my understanding. But till today, what one needs to understand is stop beating yourself up if you cannot love someone. It's not in your control. It's dominated by something that right now I don't have the answer. And if anybody else has it, I would appreciate <laughs> they give it to me. Respect is in your control. Focus on that. Focus on that. Learn to respect the person. Learn to differentiate these two. When you want to respect, th that's when you, you have a very clear mind. You would stop being biased. When you love someone, you would still call them out for their mistakes. When you respect someone, you will still again call and you will compliment them, even though you, you don't like them. Right? Sometimes you need love to compliment someone. But if you respect that person, you'll be like, you know what, I hate you. But you know what, good job. Hmm. It's like initially my relationship with you. I didn't love you. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, but I respected your craft as a comedian. So it was difficult for me. But I came to you when I still remember when you first killed as a comedian. I think it was your showcase. Yeah. You killed it. <laughs> and I came and said, hey, good job. And that was very difficult to me. And yes, I, today when I look back, I understand your reaction. But at that time, I still remember your reaction. Yes, 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 I killed. It's like, what an arrogant... <laughs> <laughs> I have dropped my ego and I'm coming here and complimenting him. And he's like, yes, I know what you're saying is, is running in my head. 
but the 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 clarity for me was like even though i don't love him i should respect him because he earned it he worked hard he earned it now because i don't love him i don't want to hang out with him i don't want to call him to my house or or i don't want to uh even have a chat with him but when i see him outside i will go say hello wish him good luck and just walk out and i'll compete but if but then when i started loving you that's when i realized no you win or i win you kill or i kill it doesn't matter it's we become one mm. so i don't give a f- if i bomb as long as you succeed i don't know how you feel but that's the the frame of mind that i didn't even have to convince myself but it it evolved into that and that's when i understood the power of love mm. and did i have any control over it no it happened so um bringing it back to how do you put this into relationship ask yourself a question if you are in a relationship and if you're not happy do you really love the person or you just respect and are you mixing both and that's why you're so confused you keep telling yourself that no i love this person i love this person if you truly love that person no matter whatever you wouldn't try to change that person everything will look nice everything will look perfect mm. it's only when you respect that person every little things you would want to change there is a banter that goes on mm. so yeah um on the topic of love and respect there's in every religious belief system there is a default respect your parents and you were talking about how one of your parents deserved respect and the other one your love but is there a certain reason why in its entirety that there's always a default respect your parents like because you said my dad was an idiot he was all heart but he was an idiot and you can't he would probably not be able to demand respect but most religions would say respect your parents oh he's an idiot doesn't matter he's your dad he's your mom even respect your elders it doesn't even matter anymore uh, that now that i said parents it, it's respect your elders is there any thing behind that specifically yeah uh you're going to get me killed if <laughs> well we you know we'll see where it goes okay respect should be uh categorized into three categories or split into three categories category number 1 um respecting one's expertise you're a doctor you're an engineer you're a lawyer you're an expert in that Mhm. Second is respecting one's wisdom. Like you've seen life, you've experienced life, and you are not just talking our you're not a you're not a wikipedia mm. that I ask a question and you, re, you someone just updated you and you're just blabbering it out without any research or anything. And the third respect is understanding that these people have lived life more than you they may not be more uh, they may not be uh very intelligent they may not be um what do you say they may not be an expert in anything but they came before you into this planet and that is basically saying that you're you're a senior to me you're more experienced So once we have 
clarity over these three categories, that's where you understand, how am I going to respect my father? I respect my father as a senior. He is elder to me. I would never call him, hey, fuck, what's up? I was like, what, man? What's up, dude? I wouldn't do that. I would still call him father. I would still, um, if, if I'm walking into a door first, I'll open the door and I'll let him go first. And I'll, I'll, so these are the basics. But he was not an expert in anything. So if he is going to uh, guide me on, let's say, for example, psychology, I would not agree with him. Yeah, and uh, yes, and if he is going to explain to me about Jupiter and, and Mars, I'll still disagree with him. Mm. But if he is going to talk about his childhood and how he experienced, I'll respect him enough to sit and listen because that is real. He lived that. And I want to see how can I learn from that. Mm. Whereas now, let's say you are 30? 29. 29. I'm 36, so you're younger than me. Now, I'm not going to call you sir. I hope not. Yeah, I'm not going to call you sir, or I'm not going to like, uh, if I'm opening the door, I'm not going to say, okay, you first, sir. And I'm the elder. I'll walk Yeah. first. I mean, I wouldn't care that much. I wouldn't be a dick to you. Yeah, yeah. But there is a, a, a pre-understanding about, okay, I'm elder than you, so it's okay for me to walk before yeah. you and things like that. Uh, but if you talk about accounts or if you talk about comedy, I would not argue with you. I'll sit and listen. Even though I do comedy, I don't consider myself as a comedian because you read more than me. You, you watch way more comedy than me. So in that case, you are a senior to me in that. So I will sit and listen, respect, and maybe not counter question or debate, but clear my doubts hmm. with you so you're an expert in that uh if you are going to talk about let's say um meditation and and uh, energy fields and chakras and everything i won't listen to you because uh you've read through the internet but you haven't experienced enough to be the wise man hmm. that i would sit and say like guruji Tell me. Yeah. So these are the things that one needs to be very clear about respect. Which category the person that you are looking at falls into and you be very clear with that. Just, I, I did say my father was a dick, but uh, it, uh, even if he was alive today, I would never go say, what's up, man? Mm. You're such an idiot. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, my dad, wh whatever... Uh, <coughs> Whatever he would talk about life wasn't true. Hmm. So, no, not going to take it. <laughs> but coming back to the question, which is why do belief systems say respect your elders? Is there They're based on the first category, which is the seniority. Oh, okay. Also. Literally. Yeah. Literally. And see, if, if you're talking about that one section of it, one needs to respect the elder. But yes. also, if you see the other part of the religion. See, I haven't gone through most of the religious books. So, uh, <clears throat> but still, I'll, I'll say what I could, what I understand from that. There is also a lot of information in every religious book on how to parent your child, how to be a good parent. Yeah. So when it's written, it's assumed 
that the parent is fulfilling his or her responsibility yeah. of reading all the instructions in the in the religious book and would be and would raise their child according to that kind of values so then it makes it easy that respect your parent because they've read the book way before you hmm. but then thanks to evolution 80% of the parents so okay that's a high number <laughs> a good number of the parents they don't even read half of what's in that information and starts parenting mm. and then the child is like what you're saying doesn't make sense mm. now when you are let's say for example you are religious you should know the information inside out that when your kid asks a question you answer it like a boss where your kid goes whoa now that's an answer <laughs> But if you answer like a hypocritical idiot, your kid is going to grab that and say, eh, nah. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to take that disrespect that he has towards you and channel it towards the religion. Mm. I don't like the religion because it says fake. And no, no, no. It's the guy who was translating it. It's the guy who was translating it who was doing the mistake. You go and read it. so you will understand it completely it's a massive book man each and every religious book is massive it takes time to read that and it's a bit complicated at times mm. that makes sense yeah any summation on that to conclude what was the question <laughs> no no you, you you answered it correctly it's the first category it's just respect as a whole love and respect yeah yeah i mean it's the first category plus they assume that they are wise and they are an expert in something Mm. All right. And again if if you follow any one of the religious texts I mean uh tell me what you think but if anyone spends enough time with a religious book I mean know it inside out mm. and and if you have a fair amount of sensibility it wouldn't be that difficult or we wouldn't be in a situation where we are today. Yeah cuz right now this day and age there it's a mixed bag there are people who are overselling it extremists there are so many words so if you're just balanced out you'd be fine but yeah. that's not something so, that happens in 2018 what i think is every religious book once you read it inside out you would be filling these three categories in a very fair decent amount you would be wise uh you would be an expert in something and obviously the other one is nature you you're born first so that's given yeah so the other two gets kind of fulfilled automatically once you once you're good at the subject just please be good at something please be good at a subject <laughs> that's all it is stop being a half baked cookie hmm yeah. all right so as a person you've you since you've analyzed over 4000 clients i'm sure this topic has come up and it's uh, recently i lost my dad so it's it's something that i'm also confused about but how does one grieve i know i've this no i don't need to add any more fluff to that question cuz okay you know how does one grieve what is the process see your father's death and my father's death is quite similar I I can relate with you because I felt the same towards my father. I think that's what I discussed with my earlier question is like my father 
I could never respect him for his intellect. Uh, I could never respect him for his wisdom. But I would always respect him for the human he was. Now grieving towards a parent's death, as I said, for my mother, I'm still grieving. It's been 2012 to 2018. How many years is that? Six years. I'm still grieving. My father, I don't think I needed grieving. Right? The question that one asks is, did you love the parent or did you respect the parent? Good question. Because if you respected the parent, there is no grieving. Grieving is very much related to love. Hmm. Right? And there is no certain process. Now, I'll ask you a question. Did you love your father? Uh, Yes or no? I don't think so. Yes or no? No. There you go. So, then there is no grieving. He He... exists in your life not as an experience but as a memory <coughs> right and no disrespect to your father yeah i'm, no, I'm just I'm breaking just this down no, as as uh, as analytically as possible without mm. adding any emotion so if i do sound any uh disrespectful or harsh forgive me for that no worries he's like a movie to you a movie that never impacted it was there you watched it yeah it wasn't Fair enough movie. And if anyone talks about your father, it'll be like, hey, did you watch that movie? Yeah, I remember, man. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, some of the things I didn't agree with, but yeah, it was entertaining. The grieving part comes when you are in love with your parent. That's when, no matter what people say, wouldn't help you at all. Hmm. It, the heart takes its time to heal. You might want to cry, you will cry. You might want to sulk, you will sulk. You might want to just shut yourself down. You might want to shut yourself down. For, uh, a good example is, um, <coughs> I don't know if I could say, Shah Rukh Khan's sister. Go for a case study. Um, when, uh, I mean, Shah Rukh Khan till today talks about his parents' death. And he says that the reason why I'm such a big star is because God took my parents away at a very uh, young age, when I was very young. And that was unfair, so God had to give me some uh, hmm. something really better, so he made me a star. Hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of cute when he says that, but he believes in it. Hmm. And uh, sometimes I believe in what he says. He's like, yeah, maybe that's why his parents have are fulfilling because he says that his father was a successful failure. Like his, he, his father knew how to fail. And his mother was a fighter. So he never had a great life or whatever. So I kind of believe that, okay, his parents died and felt that what I couldn't do when I was alive, I'll do it when I'm dead. And that's why I think that he was blessed to be where he is. Whereas his sister took that shock and till today, she's not married. She doesn't come out of the house and she is in chronic depression. She just couldn't come out of it because she loved her parents too deeply. Did she have any control over it? I don't think so. And to put Cherry on top, she is a qualified psychologist. (laughs) That's just ironic. (laughs) And she couldn't. So to answer your question, how does one grieve? The first question you'll have to ask yourself, was I in love with my parent or I just respected? So uh, upon making that distinction, let's say 
I was in love, madly in love with my dad. Obviously in the right context, but what, so I'm crying, I'm shattered, I'm sulking, I'm shutting down, spiraling depression. So that can't be the process. All of those things don't sound good in a sense where, how, not how do I get out? Getting out of something is, that means I haven't felt the emotion. So I'm saying I've felt it all. Let's say you've said six years. I'm sure you've read up and you've tried. What are some techniques that I know you said you're still. So let me just put it this way. What were the most helpful things? Let's start with what were the most helpful things you did? Understanding myself. How do I function? Like, for example, I am not someone who will respond to very intellectual uh, advice. Mm-hmm. I want emotion in it. Okay. Like if you are telling me, if you're going to give me an advice, I want to feel emotion that you really feel for me and you're touching my emotion. Hmm. Uh, there are some people where you give them a logical explanation. Like for example, if you're really sad, let's say you really loved your father. Yes. Okay, you're sulking and everything. And, and if I come and tell you that, is this what your father would have wanted from you? To sit here and sulk or do something better? Hmm. Maybe that'll impact you. Yeah. My father wouldn't have wanted this for me. So I will just get up and I'll do it. Hmm. If you come and tell that to me, that wouldn't impact. Hmm. That's like, no, it's not doing anything to me. Hmm. But if you come and tell me, you know what? Yes, I understand what you're feeling and it's so difficult. And I know how much you love your father. But you know what? I'm there besides you. Take your time, but you're not alone. I am there for you. And at any point of time you need me, don't even hesitate. That would move me. Because for me, if I loved my father, he was a support. And if he's gone away, I want someone to come and tell me what my father would have told me. So grieving is very much, again, if you love your father or your, or your parent, your grieving is completely depends on how do you process information day to day. I'm an emotional person. You're an intellectual person. Some person would be like, well, it is what it is. I'm fine. And we'll just get up and continue their life. That's the thing. Right now, if, if to be more specific for a layman's term, I would say there are five categories. They're emotional. They're intellectual. They're rational. Um, there is what we call as an ensemble who very much fit into the category of the five uh, stages of grieving. Grieving, yeah. Yeah. And the last one is they don't feel a thing. You might call them sociopath, but it's just that they don't feel it. But don't feel a thing. What uh, does that they, mean? They, they w it would not impact them in any way. Mm. They'll be rational about it. Uh, sometimes they'll cry a little bit. They'll, they'll have an expression of all the emotions, cry, sulk, depression, anxiety, blah, blah, but it, maybe for half a day or maybe for hours, two, three hours, and they'll be fine. Their, their body just recuperates very well. To me, I've analyzed two or three of those, and I think the common factor what I've seen in them was amazing parenting. The first thing the mm. parents did was they prepared them for death. Mm. At, at two years old, they took the kid and showed the grandfather's dead body. Mm. So the kid just realized, oh, death is normal. Mm. And every once in a while, the parent would be talking about, like, if I am not there, 
then I'm preparing you for this. Mm. You're learning the skill so that once I will die, mm. you can handle yourself. So that's preparation. Mm. So the body's ready. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise to the kid. And most of the shock that we feel that, you know, like, oh my God, this person is dead or that person is dead is because they didn't prepare you enough. They kept you in this delusion saying that I might not die. <laughs> and we are, we can be delusional enough to believe in something that stupid. <clears throat> but if you're prepared well, and that was the case of these three, they were really prepared well <clears throat> that they just healed very quickly. <clears throat> So the whole thing is grieving is more the person, uh, th- how the person reacts. First and of all, do, which category do you fall in, in these five? Um, I'm not asking w- you. I'm like, <laughs> which someone, I gave you the five categories, yeah. right? One needs to first understand which category am I in? Mm. And once you know your category, you know the journey that you're going to go through. It's a stupid question, but since we're being analytical, is there a cycle for each stage? Um, uh, one lasts longer than the other they all last and and i know you can't say yes you know 12 o'clock to whatever but is there something normal because you can't be in denial for five years that's not possible oh you're talking about the five stages of grieving yeah uh name them if you don't mind so that people don't i forgot no worries i'll name it i'm researching it right now so the first is denial yeah. The second one is... Um, I'll tell you how it went. Yeah. So, denial, when I saw my dad's body, I was laughing. Because I was like, he's going to get up right now. <laughs> That's something he'd do. Uh, second is anger. Uh, I was angry that he wasn't a father. Right. That's, that's logical. Bargaining. What's bargaining? Somehow he's going to come back. Or can he come back? Is there a way that I can uh, go see a psychic and... Let oh. them have a channel. Uh, they'll channel. I want to talk to them hmm. or do a tarot reading hmm. or pray to them and stuff like that. Okay. Or pray to God that, you know, give back, give back my father. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Fourth is depression. And <laughs> I'm not going to mention, talk about that. And fifth is acceptance. So now you said the fifth stage is feeling nothing. Hmm. So is that acceptance? Is that, I mean, reaching the no, fifth no, I stage? No, uh, I didn't say in that Oh, category. my apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean... Uh, Depression, acceptance, it's pretty self-explanatory. Now, let's go to the five categories. The first category is the one who understands information emotionally. Mm-hmm. So, you come and tell me that you're there for me. Hmm. All right. The second category is the intellectual. Is this what your father would have wanted from you? Hmm. Which is very rational about yeah. it. Yeah. No, he wouldn't. Then you'll move. The third one. Is the one who is rational by himself. He doesn't need anyone to come and tell him anything. He will process the information by himself. The, f- the fourth one is the one who, who would go through the five stages of denial. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, grieving. Grieving. The fifth one, the fifth one is the one that's well prepared, who's been bought up and has been exposed to death. Yeah. At a very early age. And this so, is what I saw with the fifth one. So what is the most popular from all the cases you've seen, not on planet Earth, but the cases that you've seen? The first two. The first two. So let's Sorry, t- I didn't let you finish the question. Go no, on. that was the question. So so my question initially was how long does the cycle last for grieving? So let's put the 
other three categories aside now we have two we have the emotional person let's say you mm. and the rational who is me so how long would it take for someone like you to to now i say i'm here to support you man everything you need how long do you need me there or is it dynamic i know you don't call me every day and you like you know i need you but when will you when will your spine strengthen to that foundation you know i know a loss cannot be replaced but when would you have better days in my case sure in your instantly. case instantly instantly because it's like a password this is the the thing i'm jealous about emotional people right cuz you're it's not that the void has been filled but you make a shift quickly even for intellectual people again it's not about it's the same thing i'm going to say to every intellectual person no yeah. it's like a password it's very personalized you need mm. to know what to say that it'll just because it's a shock mm. it just shifts you have no control over it. if let's say for example um uh, if i come and tell you you know what rishdi i know this is very difficult for you and no matter what happens i am there for you it wouldn't do a thing to you it wouldn't impact you you'll be like yeah fine i like it i like what sh- what i hear but i'm still going to be sad so as a friend my um my my task is to figure the password, <laughs> password. and hit you with it when you're least expecting it and mm-hmm. boom the shift happens and i said when do better days come so let's say the shift happens is a shift is this shift entering a new uh, house or is this shift entering a new room what i mean by that is the house is me sad uh, you know in inverted commas sad so if the shift happens is it a cataclysmic change or is it just the clouds have moved and you know you're stepping outside okay <laughs> okay i get which it which means yeah which means i understand for me when you said house or a room uh it is still a perception shift hmm but wh- what i'm trying to say you're stepping outside is that you're seeing endless possibilities hmm Hmm. like you won't feel like the same person anymore because always understand one thing when your parent dies one or two you're never the same person yes you're different <laughs> and that's because the biggest fear for every child whether you love respect or hate your parent is losing the parent yes and once that goes off you feel almost immortal like i don't have to be afraid of anything anymore yes of course then when you become a father yeah the cycle repeats yes but till that happens you just see that there's endless possibilities and i'm going to go there and do something out of it hmm. and that's why i say that you are outside so there's no roof there's no room there's no door you just feel the space is has opened up hmm. okay mhm Uh, do you want to do you want to sum up with anything for uh, uh, the listeners or how would you sum it up um because you're the one who had a reason no uh, but it, uh, the problem with me is i have no idea what's happening like it's and i'm a tot- uh, i'm a yeah. very rare case okay. i would say i would say that if if uh if there has been an unfortunate situation in anyone's life who's listening to this and who's going through that emotion of grieving Maybe this could help 
or mostly it does help is understand which category do you fall in these five categories. Once you identify that, then you would know how to deal with it. Because if you are an intellectual person and you're surrounded by people who are giving you advices like they should be giving to an emotional person, you would get more irritated <laughs> and more into depression than... If you were left alone. <laughs> if you were left alone. <laughs> so understand which category do you fall in and treat it accordingly. Hmm. And if you, uh, just to answer that question, I think you asked was, uh, the person who goes through the five stages of... Yeah, uh, that's the most popular you know, thing online as what people yeah. know. So yeah. With that, I would say it is, it, it, let it be organic. Don't give it a... Don't be in a hurry. This is a death. It happens once in your lifetime it's not going to happen again and again to this intensity yeah there might be other people around you dying yeah but not a father and a mother yeah so once that happens let it happen organically because if it happens organically you would come out as a more evolved human being if you're trying to speed it up there will be side effects to that okay all right, I agree. I like it. Thank you. <laughs>